What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we're doing a listener Q&A where I answer questions that you guys uh, submitted so I can provide you with as much value as possible and help you guys along your own nutrition journey. But before we get into the questions, I just want to remind you again that the Athlete's Guide to Nutritional Periodization is out. My free ebook, 75 pages, nine chapters, taking you through exactly how to build the correct nutritional protocol for you as an athlete to take your performance to that next level. And along with that, I also added in a free video series. So every, every day for the next six days after you get the ebook, you'll get an email with the video in it that takes you through step-by-step step how to create your own nutrition plan. Again, I'm all about providing free value for you guys, and this is by far one of the best ways I've been able to do that. So uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and go download that. You can just click the link down below, and you'll be able to access that right away. And before we get into the questions, I have a couple more things to ask of you. I promise I'm not, I won't ask too much. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and down, drop a five-star rating and review down below. As always, it helps so much uh, for us to raise up on the iTunes charts. The more we go up on the iTunes charts, the more people we can reach and help. And also, go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me in it and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. I can already tell you from these questions that were asked, they're really good questions, so I know you're going to learn something from this episode. So that's it. That's all I have to ask. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the questions. The first one I have here is from Alex Rose, and he asks, what should be the process of transitioning from a cut to maintenance to bulking again? That's a really good question. And a lot of people, when they finish a cut, they go about it the wrong way, and they kind of throw away a lot of the results that they saw because they simply just go about it the wrong way. And the answer, as always, is it depends and in the, I'm going to start off by saying in the case of a mini cut, so if you were bulking and then you decided to do a mini cut for like three to six weeks, pretty aggressive, just a simple mini cut, nothing to it um, other than just an aggressive calorie deficit, odds are you don't need to worry about reverse dieting that much. You can just go right back up to maintenance simply because you haven't given your body enough time to metabolically adapt. You haven't been in calorie deficit for long enough to elicit that sort of adaptation. So if you were doing a mini cut, just aggressive, get in, do the work, get out. That's really all there is to it. Just go right back up to maintenance and uh, go from there. Then decide if you want to progress into a bulk after that. I would sit at maintenance for about three to four weeks just to allow your body to adjust to that set point instead of going right into a bulk again. That's just a preference thing though. But that's what you would do if it was a mini cut. Now, if you were doing a bodybuilding show or something like that, now if you're, if, yeah, if you're taking a really extreme dieting approach, then you might want to consider a recovery diet, which is a much more aggressive reverse diet where you go up to maintenance much quicker. And I don't know if there's any competitors listening to this, but I'm, probably, I'm not going to get too deep into that now because I know like the context of your question is more just like, what if you were just in a regular cut and you got the result you wanted? How do you get out of that? So how you would do that is first of all, when you get to that result that you're after, I would recommend sitting down there at that calorie level for maybe one to two weeks just to allow your body to kind of get used to what it's like at that new body weight. So that way you don't just increase the calories crazy again and go into bulk and then just gain back all the fat that you lost. And we want to make sure that you sustain some of the results from that cut 
so you can get leaner and leaner and look better and better year after year so just going in the cycle back and forth so i would recommend staying down at that calorie amount where you hit rock bottom of your cut i would stay there for maybe one to two weeks depending on how biofeedback is now if you feel like shit maybe consider staying there a little bit shorter maybe just a couple days but if you feel good if you're fine and you're not dealing with any energy issues or major energy issues as you get deeper into a cut you're probably going to deal with some biofeedback um issues but if it's not too anything too crazy stay down there for a week or two allow your body to adjust to that new set point and then from there you're going to slowly want to reverse out and how quickly or how slow you slowly you do this it really depends this is super super individual and it's really difficult for me to give a blanket statement on this if you want to learn more about that i would definitely recommend listening to the reverse to the reverse dieting 101 episode i did a week or two back i went a lot more in depth about what that process would look like but what we want to do if you're in a position where you're really looking to build and you want to build muscle, then you can probably get a little bit more aggressive with it and get up to maintenance a bit quicker. But if you're happy with how lean you are and you kind of want to sustain that, then I would take a slower approach so you can stay as lean as possible over the course of that reverse diet. It's going to take longer, but you'll also be able to maintain more of that leanness as you ramp up the calories slowly. But I know in your question, Alex, that you asked um transitioning from a cut to maintenance to bulking and that's really preference like if you want to stay as lean as possible and do a do a lean bulk or a quote-unquote clean bulk whatever you call it then you probably want to go a little bit slower maybe 100 calories every one to two weeks but if you're okay with getting a little a little bit more aggressive and in your positions i i know you um in your position I would say you probably could get a bit more aggressive simply because you're really young and you have room to grow. And I wouldn't be too conservative with trying to stay as lean as possible because you have so much room to grow. Like you're so young in the game. Um, and so early on in the game that you have, you're still in the newbie game phase, most likely maybe kind of getting towards the end of that. Cause you've been training for a year, but I wouldn't be too conservative with it. So maybe a hundred to a hundred to 200 calories every one to two weeks until you get back up to what your calculated maintenance would be. And you should be fine. That increase will probably come from a combination of carbs and fats. Um, but again, it's, it's pretty much just taking yourself through a reverse diet. That's pretty much what the process would be. And then the rate at which you want to do that is dependent on your preference and like what your goals are. So again, I'm going to reference that reverse adding one-on-one episode that I did a couple weeks back because that'll go into it in a lot more detail. Um, so there's that. And then once you get to your calculated maintenance, stay there for, let's see, I would stay there. If you're going to transition to a bulk, I'd probably stay there for a month, maybe a little bit more. It's depending on preference and adherence. I'd probably want to see you there for a little bit more than a month. Um, but if from an adherence standpoint, you just want to get into the bulk, then just try to stay there for three to four weeks. Just again, to allow your body to get used to that set point and have it be your actual set point. And then from there, you'll transition into the bulk, go into a 300 to 500 calorie surplus, and you're off and running. Then you'll probably be in a bulk for quite some time. So hopefully that answered that question. It's really difficult for me to give like a specific answer um in that case simply because there's so many variables it depends on but 
just to kind of recap that one, when you get to the lowest point in the cut, maintain for a little bit, allow your body to get used to that, know what it feels like to be at that lower weight, at that leanness. And then from there, you're going to reverse out of it. The pace is dependent on the individual. 100 to 200 calories every one to two weeks is usually a pretty good starting point for most people. Um, from there, you'll adjust. And then you'll slowly do that and reverse out of the cut, uh, back up to maintenance. Once you get up to maintenance, you'll sit there for about a month, maybe a little bit longer. And then from there, you'll go into a 300, five, 300 to 500 calorie surplus to start bulking. That's a really, really simplified answer. Um, but I think it gets the job done. So hopefully that answered your question. And that was a really good question. So now let's get on to the next one, which is, What's your best feeling so far in your weightlifting journey? Could it be a goal reached or a compliment? This is a tough one since I'm so early on in my weightlifting journey. So I've been playing basketball the better part of the past decade, and I just stopped late last year. So that's really when my weightlifting journey started. So I haven't had all that much time to really have like this. this I haven't had this profound moment where I'm like, oh my God, this was so awesome. With that being said, I think the coolest thing for me is just looking back and seeing how much progress I've made in the amount of time that I've had. So to put it into perspective, I've gained roughly 25 to 30 pounds in the past five to six months. Yeah, I think that timeline is right, which is quite a bit. And by all means, it's new begins, no doubt, because I was playing basketball. Even though I was lifting, I wasn't really lifting for hypertrophy. Um, and it wasn't really my sole focus and obviously running up and down the court isn't very conducive to muscle gain. So now that I was done with that, it was really easy for me to just transition right into putting on muscle. So I, I still believe I was in that newbie gain phase. So that's what allowed me to put on that, that 25 to 30 pounds. And I think the cool, the coolest thing for me is, um, getting back to the original question is just seeing like when you do everything right, the payoff of that, because my nutrition is on point and as it should be, I walk the walk for you guys. You guys know, like I, I talk about this stuff. I, I preach it. I do it too. Like at my nutrition is on point. I track my macros. I do all the stuff that I ask of you guys. So, and that's the coolest thing for me to seeing like the direct variables have a very specific impact on like the outcome. So like being in a calorie surplus actually leads to pretty significant muscle growth, eating the right amount of protein, the definitely the most tangible one, because really I haven't had to get too complicated, like carb cycling and all this stuff. I really haven't had to focus on that all that much, even meal timing. Um, it's just simply because I'm eating so many calories, but I really haven't, haven't had to focus on that that much. And from a supplementation perspective, I'm just been taking the basics like fish oil, vitamin D, take turmeric fish oil, I said fish oil twice, but I really haven't had to get too complex. So it's been pretty simple, but I think the most tangible variable that I've seen is the carbohydrate intake. Like when I'm eating less carbohydrates than I should, I feel it in my training. I feel it in my energy levels. When I'm eating as many as I should be, and maybe even a little bit more, I feel it in my training. I feel stronger. I feel more energetic. I feel less stressed throughout the day. Cause if you know, carbs blunt cortisol. So just making sure to get those things in. I think the coolest thing is seeing those tangible results from the things that I've been so interested in for quite some time and like seeing that translation to the real world and how it actually applies. I think that's, that's the coolest thing. I know I didn't have this like awesome, like answer of how I PR'd on a, on a lift or like fought through like a one rep max or something. 
maybe one day. Um, I just started CrossFit, so there's that. I'm excited to get that going. I'm, I've literally been doing it for like maybe three weeks, so I don't have any crazy stories there either. Um, so maybe in a couple months, I'll have some awesome, crazy CrossFit stories. But I'd say for right now, I'd just go with the fact that I'm able to see like these, um, the tangible result from the variables that you play with inside of nutrition. And that's what I love so much about nutrition and why I'm a nutrition coach because it has that much of an impact. And I think it's just really, really cool to me. And I'm also a nerd about this stuff. So seeing like actually applying that in real life to myself is, is super cool. And then I forgot to say who that question was from. Uh, that question was from Ian uh, Scherer. And uh, yeah, I apologize for not shouting you out earlier. Um, but that was a good question. I, usually, usually I get the, uh, the nutrition questions and nerdy questions, which I love answering. But it's really cool to get those like personality questions and stuff like about me because um, it takes a little bit more thought. So thank you, Ian, for that question. And now we are moving on to the last question for the Q&A, which is from Thomas Glove. Nice name, by the way. Um, but he asks, why is change so hard for people? I wish I knew. I really I wish I knew. Um, there's so many different factors that go into that. So many different factors. I think the biggest thing is that people just need to be ready to change. No matter how much you say something, no matter how much you say, Oh, you should be doing this. This is good for you. You should be eating this much. You should be training this much. You should be sleeping this much. You should be taking this supplement. You should be eating this vegetable. No matter how many times you say all that stuff, if someone's not ready to change, they're not going to listen to you or they might listen to you for like a day or two. And then it's like, okay, F you like I'm done now. The reality is, have to be ready to change. And I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. And unfortunately it takes a lot of people hitting rock bottom or like relative rock bottom. No one really hits like rock bottom, rock bottom. Um, but like relatively, so unfortunately it takes some people getting to that low point to be like, ah, damn, like now I need to do something. And that's what sparks the action. And that's when they actually want to change. I think that's, I think if I had to go with one answer, that would be it. And maybe also the environment. Karan and I talked about this on our latest podcast. I think it dropped earlier this week on Tuesday. We're talking about alcohol. If you're in an environment that's conducive to the behavior that you want to avoid, you're going to do the behavior, especially if it's a habit. So change can be hard in the sense that you're not creating an environment that is conducive to change. The environment can consist of like physical objects, like food being in the house or drinks being in the house or um, let's see, or in a positive sense, like having some exercise equipment at home so you can get some, get a workout in having healthy food at home. So you can opt for that instead. Um, But also um, I, I totally forgot where I was going with that. But I think I was talking about like how environment is, is so crucial. Oh yeah. So like physical objects, that's what I was saying. It's like environment consists of physical objects, but also the people that you surround yourself with. Like if you're surrounded with people that genuinely want you to succeed and want the best for you, it's going to be a lot easier to actually see that change. Whereas if you're surrounded with people that just want to drag you down, it's a whole different story. And you got to put yourself in a position where 
the people around you actually support you and create an environment that's conducive to that positive change. So I would say those are the top two reasons. Of course, there's a, whole, there's a ton of different stuff that we can go down. Um, but if I had to pick two, I think those would be the top two reasons that one, people just aren't ready to change. And no matter how good of a coach coach you are, no matter how close you are to a person as a friend, a sibling, a parent, if they're not ready to change, if they don't see the value in changing, they're not going to change. And that's, it's one of the most frustrating things is you like, you know, someone should be doing something or, you know, someone shouldn't be doing something, but they're just not ready to make that change yet. And it's okay. Just give them time. Of course, kind of direct them in the right direction, but when they're ready to change, when they're ready to take action, they're going to take action. And like I said, usually it takes hitting some like low point or having some moment where you're like, damn, like I need to change now. Like this is enough. Like I've, I've had it. And usually it takes having that moment. I wish it wasn't the case. One of my goals as a coach and providing all this free content is to help you avoid that situation with like your nutrition, your training and your, your fitness, your recovery, your athletic performance. Like I don't want you to experience that rock bottom. I want to educate you now so you don't have to experience that rock bottom. And I would say another reason maybe why, why it's so hard for people to change is simply because they're not educated on the topic. They're not educated on why they need, need to change. Someone's just telling them, oh, you need to eat healthier. Okay, cool. Probably not going to do it. But if you educate on why, it makes it more likely that they'll go and do it. Again, it comes back to, even if that is the case, even if you do educate, you do a great job. Like for me, as it, like with this podcast, I could give you all the information that you want. If you shoot me a DM, I can help you out all you want. If you're in my private coaching program, I can help you out all you want. But if you're not ready to make that change, you're not going to make the change. No matter how much I educate you, no matter how much I work with you, if you're not truly ready to make the change, if you're not truly ready to commit to meal prepping, to track your macros, to go to the gym, to get some extra reps in, to get to sleep on time, if you're not ready to do those things, then you're not going to do them. Now, some people truly aren't ready, but some people are just telling themselves BS stories. And most people are just telling themselves the stories. So one of my jobs as a coach is to help them see through those stories and get around that and actually take action towards the things they want to achieve. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick one thing of why it's so hard for, so hard for people to change, it's simply that they're not ready. Whether, whether that's a true thing or not, um, that could be debated, but for most people, like if they're having trouble changing, it's because they're just simply not ready and eventually they'll come around. They'll go through something. They'll look at the scale and see like they're up 15 pounds and like, damn, like this sucks. I need to make a change. Or they'll look at their playing time, their situation on their team. Like, damn, I'm on the bench. I'm running the bench. I put in all this work like what's going on? Like something's got to change. And then they'll be ready to look at their nutrition. Now they'll be ready to get some sleep now because they, they're tired of seeing the outcome they don't want to see. So they're ready to change. So without me getting too long winded with this, I just got to sum it up and say to change you, like you need to be ready. If you're not truly ready to change, you're, you're not going to, it's the reality of it. So I would say that as my answer for that question. And with that, that brings us to the close of this week's Q and a again, thank you guys so much for your questions. These three, these three questions were really good questions. And 
as always, I love answering them. I love nerding out on the stuff and helping you guys out, providing you guys with free content. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you haven't already, click the link down below, get your copy of the free ebook. The amount of value that is in that ebook and the video series that comes with it is just insane. I've been getting really great feedback on it so far. So again, I know I'm plugging in a lot, but there is a reason why I'm plugging it so much because there is a ton of value there. So if you haven't already, go check that out. And as always, be sure to keep up with the podcast, new episode every single day. So tomorrow there'll be a guest episode. Um, and yeah, Saturday, science Saturday, Sunday. Don't have a fancy name for that yet. Um, probably won't cause I don't want to be that cheesy person. It's like a, a name for like every day. Um, but nonetheless, thank you guys so much for listening. I hopefully I answered your questions. Um, and yeah, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.